welcome to another episode of the Total R&B Podcast. And today's guest, we have somebody who is important to the R&B scene in Montreal. He is the co-host of the Weekend Groove radio show on CKUT 90.3 FM, which you can catch every Friday night from 10 p.m. to midnight uh, alongside DJ Everton Green. So welcome to the Total R&B Podcast, Mikey Don. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. And how are you doing? I got to ask, how's your weekend going? It's going well. It's uh, I, I'm on my second to last day of vacation from work. So. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Enjoy I've, been, I've been chill for the week. So. Okay. And I do have to mention mm-hmm. it's Virgo season. Your birthday just passed. That's correct. That so happy correct. belated birthday. Thank you so much. Yes. Of course. Did you have any birthday plans or you just kept it like chill? I was chill for the week. I'm going out this evening um, to have a few. <laughs> I told one of my rider dies. I'm like, I'm not driving, so be prepared to drive. <laughs> I'm going to her house and she's going to drive because I'm like, I, I don't plan to be in any condition to drive. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to have some fun tonight. Okay. So it's going to, the turn up is tonight. So that's dope. So I do want to ask, this is the first question that I usually ask all my guests on the show. So what is your first memory of R&B music? Oh, wow. Um, wow. That's, that's, you know what? Okay. I, I want to say Michael Jackson, but I will say my first memory, true memory of R&B music is um, the, one of the first records I ever purchased way 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 back in the day was um funking for jamaica by yes that that song just hit me differently and having a jamaican uh, background it it that that would be my fondest or first memory of um r&b because michael jackson although you could put him as r&b he was more considered pop at the mm-hmm. time, but he was he, he's R and B. I mean, when you listen to Off the Wall and stuff, that's that's straight up R and B. So no, of course. Did you ever get to see uh, Michael Jackson perform, like any of his concerts? I honestly did. My mom took me to see him perform at the Olympic Stadium in nineteen whenever it was. I don't remember, but I actually got to see him perform. So dope. I never got to see him perform live. So I love hearing stories of people that went to his concerts. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, and yeah. Then, it, was, it was awesome. <laughs> wow. And then also, too, the track uh, Funkin' for Jamaica, because that's a classic, because you can still hear that in a club from time to time, depending on which parties you go to. Yeah. They still play that song. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, good music is timeless. That's true. That is very true. So I do want to talk because you are a radio host, as I mentioned before, the, uh, the Weekend Groove. So, and I read like the bio, you've been, that show's been on for like 20 plus years. Yes. Is that true? Yes. yes. Um, it's, yeah, I'm not the original host. I'm like mm-hmm. the third host, but uh, the okay. longest that's been there. Okay. So how did that situation come about? How did you get onto radio? Wow. <laughs> it's somewhat of a, funny story in a sense. So the weekend group was started by Ronnie Love. Um, For those who know uh, Ronnie Love, he's moved on. uh, He's in the States now. He's doing film and TV. I believe he's in uh, California. So he started uh, the weekend group with Donald D. And uh, a couple years into it, uh, I had just gotten back from school in the States. 
and I started doing some uh, promotional work with a partner of mine. But during that time, I was doing a lot of, um, not a lot, but I was doing the promotions and I was very, because just coming back from the States, I was staying on top of a lot of the stuff going on in the States music wise, uh, entertainment wise. And so as I was going to the shows to promote our parties, uh, topics came up and I started um, just in, informally doing on the weekend groove a, a, a set called um, Tales of the Stupid. Uh, <laughs> because there were so many entertainers um, getting in trouble with the law and doing real stupid stuff. So we called it Tales of the Stupid. So it just, it, it went over the first couple of times, it went over so well that they asked me to come back and do it regularly. So that's how I got my initial start on the weekend groove. And then um, shortly after that, Ronnie left. And so Donald D took over. We also had uh, Kim and Christina was there as well and other people in between. So uh, about a year into it, um, as I was going, I would come across music and stuff and I would be, you know, I'd say, Donald, I got a couple tracks to play. You know, have you heard this one, that one? Mostly independent artists. And so he, um, yeah, he would give me my half an hour or whatever. I could do a few songs. And then one day he's like, okay, let's train you to do the board, to play music. And a couple of weeks later, he's like, okay, Mikey, you're going to do the show next week. I'm going to be out of town. And I was like, what? So, um, yeah, so it started like that. And then within a year after that, he, uh, with life and work and stuff, he uh, he just said, you know, Mikey, you're able to do this on your own. I'm going to leave you with the ladies and uh, the show is yours to do. And uh, the rest is history. I've been doing it ever since. So it's close to 20 years that I've been uh, doing the weekend group. Oh, that's so it's cool. Probably, it's actually more than 20 years, but I... I I can't officially remember when I actually started. Okay. But do you remember that first time when he left you like by yourself? Yes, yes. But you know, it's funny because things have changed so much. I always had my own CD collection anyways. So it was just a question of I was bringing more and more stuff as my little segment expanded. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just really a, a question of um, the preparation for that. Like, you know, you... you Back then, you're playing CDs, you weren't mixing music as much, so you played the whole song, you know, three, four minutes. So to fill an hour, 15 songs, it's, mm -hmm. not, it's not that difficult. Um, but then, you know, when it's like suddenly you've got two hours to fill, and um, it, was, it was a little nerve-wracking at first, just trying to figure out, but then, you know, to just play. So I have my own little eclectic taste in music. I love my R&B. Um, and so I, I always made a point to promote locally as well as the independent artists that are out there that are doing the thing that you may not have heard of until you listen to the group. Which that's something that I do love. So whenever I tune into like, I always see that you're promoting like Montreal artists, which is super dope. And then also to like, sometimes I'll discover new songs that you're playing on the show as well. So that's what I love about the, the show as well, where I can discover like something new to add into my own playlist or to add yeah. on Spotify or whatever or streaming service. So mm -hmm. that's what I love. So you doing this for however many years you've been doing it. Uh, what would you say are some memorable interviews that you've had? Oh, wow. Um, <sighs> that's that's a tough one. There's been so many. Um, and maybe two, two or three. Two? Okay. I had, I had a lot of fun interviewing Mahalia 
just before the pandemic hit, uh, she was playing at the Belmont. So that was real fun to interview her. And then, um, wow. I don't know. I've, I've met quite a few people over the years. I, um, you know, another person that I, I, I'm going to stay recent because going back, a lot of it was phone interviews, but I like the in-person stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually don't like using the term interview. I like conversation. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Gallant was another artist that I met when just before he blew up, he had come to Montreal with, uh, I think he was opening for Sabrina Claudio. Okay, yeah. To sit in the bus with him and have a nice conversation with him. Um, and then I actually spoke to him a second time when he came back to Montreal a couple of years later on his oh, own tour. Cool. Yeah. That's so cool. I think he's also like working on new music, so I can't wait to hear what he's coming out yeah. with. Mahalia's coming back too. This, uh, She's coming back. September 24th. Yeah. Yes. So I'll be looking forward to that show as well. Yeah, that's so dope. So then as someone who, you know, has these conversations with these artists, what is something that a new artist coming in can know when going into like an interview or a conversation? Because sometimes you hear like artists nowadays, they aren't like trained for interviews or they're late or they're rude. Like what are some things that they can like keep in mind when when they're going in to, you know, have those radio conversations? Um, <laughs> it, for, a, for a conversation with me, that truly is what it is. It's a mm-hmm. conversation. So while I may do my research, well, I shouldn't say may, I do my research, I have my questions in my head, but the conversation is always fluid. So it really, it can, we can go off on a tangent, but I will bring us back, right? Okay. Um, just because, you know, but it's just interesting to be able to speak to somebody and, um, for them to know that it's not going to be the cookie cutter questions where they're all labeled out. And, you know, even if you answered it two questions in a, a go, I'm, I'm not going to ask it again. Right. If you've answered the question, I'm not, but I've seen, I've, I've learned over the years, I've seen where um, people have uh, written down their questions and they're not actually listening to the answers. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it really becomes, you could see, I've been in studio see, witnessing this, the look on, artist's face when they're like, I answered that two questions ago, or, you know, the person is, you're, they ask the question and then the host is busy doing something and not really listening to what is being said. So they won't get that with me. They can actually relax and, you know, it's a conversation with a homie. But I feel too, when you present it like that, you make it into a conversation, like they feel more comfortable to open up. Yeah. So- I feel like a lot of times if you do that, you won't get like the cookie cutter answers that they've been giving everybody all day through their press run. So I think that's smart. But even me, because I don't, I haven't been doing this for long. So Mm -hmm. I've noticed that too. Like at one point, like I'll listen back to the interview and I was like, I really was not listening (laughs) to what that person was saying. Yeah. Then I'm thinking like, oh, I should have asked this or I should have like had them elaborate on it because maybe it was something, it, it was exciting to them. But I was so nervous on my end that I was just like, okay, I have to find the next question. Yeah. But yeah. But that's it. And it, when you're listening, when you're truly listening or, and have done your homework in a sense, um, the questions just come to you. So um, I, I like to, there's a few, I have a few go-tos about, you know, when they got their start, who their influences are. 
and then if if depending on the level of their success what they would offer to or what advice they would give to anybody listening who's thinking of or just got into the music industry or okay. music business but again it it just all flows i'm a curious person i like to talk and so it's a conversation definitely but yeah no that's those are some you know gems you just dropped for people that are you know interviewing people or on the other end the artists going into interview so that was that was some information that we needed well thank you so much for that and then also too i want to talk about um because you promote and you speak to a lot of artists here locally in montreal mm -hmm. and so i often wonder or get into the conversation of um how can we push our artists further I feel like we have amazing artists here that are super talented, mm -hmm. but they don't get, I feel, the exposure as artists in, let's say, Toronto even. Because Toronto, I see artists getting booked for like festivals and shows, and they're on ET Canada and different magazines and things like that. And we have we have amazing artists here too. So what are your thoughts uh, on this? My thoughts on this? <laughs> um, I'm not a politician, so mm -hmm. I'm not one to try and be politically correct, right? But it is the reality of our situation here in Quebec that the English culture is just not, um, the funding is not there and the ability to promote it is not the same. So um, unfortunately, the stuff you've talked about that goes on in Toronto, you know, we see it in R&B and reggae music and whatever it is, Toronto's looked at as the capital of everything, right? Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, we've got some amazing talent here in Montreal, and they they either have to leave Montreal to get recognition, or they sit here in Montreal and struggle, you know. And and despite that, you still have some that are making making their waves, getting their way out there, and um, putting out some really good music. I think one only, and I'm going to say this: one of the positive things about the uh, the pandemic over the last two years was the amount of music locally that our artists here were able to put together and put out mm -hmm. quality good music i was just i'm totally floored by the music that has come out in the last two years from uh, from montreal and i would i would hold that up against anything coming out of toronto right now absolutely would but i think uh we need um for the shows that are playing music um you know black music urban stations urban programming needs to push our our artists more mm -hmm. um they need to interview them they need to get them out there and get that exposure uh for them so that they can get themselves on an international stage and then the promoters here in montreal have to show some respect to our artists as well um and put them on the shows let them open up for somebody so they can get a wider audience uh, who may not have seen them before, heard of them, but then suddenly, bam, they've got, you know, a thousand people saying, oh, I didn't know that's that person from Montreal. Let me go find their music. Yeah. You know, but it and it's it's it just doesn't happen enough, especially with, uh, you know, the bigger shows coming in. But I, I, you know, I know from that that side, there's a lot of artists that are very careful about um, or cautious about putting on a local artist to open because of the 
if they don't know the artist, there's a potential that the local artist will outshine them. And so they don't want it to happen. Really? Yes. You would not believe the amount of times I've spoken to uh, promoters and stuff and say, why don't you have somebody from, you know, locally opening? And they're like, nope, the artist doesn't want it. It's in the contract. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've seen it. I've witnessed it where um, somebody I was with, uh, we did a show in Ottawa and um, the, the promoter from Ottawa asked her to perform uh, to open the show. And when she opened and finished, the headliner came on and, and just kind of looked at her and went, wow, her very powerful voice. Yeah. And what was done versus what this artist was going to do just totally it was a hard thing to overcome, right? So I could see why, not knowing why artists will, some artists will say, no, I don't want uh, a local artist to open for me because I don't know what I'm gonna, what's gonna happen. To me, that's so crazy. And that brings up a lot of different things. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like one, the main artist or whatever should be secure in their art uh, mm -hmm. to continue forth because the reason a lot of people are coming out is because of that headlining artist. Yes. But then is it something too where I don't know when when that took place of what you saw? Was that like because I know now today a lot of the newer artists that are out, it's not the same as in I would say the nineties where artists like really they were singing, they were dancing, mm -hmm. they were doing all these things. And but, I feel like now when you watch people perform, it's kind of like, hmm. Yeah, the, the, the entertainment side of it is not there unless it's, you know, certain artists. And I'll, just to point out, like, I went to see Beyonce when she was here in Montreal. I got tickets to see Beyonce. Um, but truth be told, I'm not the biggest Beyonce fan. Um, I think I've said this on radio. <laughs> although, although Renaissance, I like. Okay. Oh, okay. I will give her that. But um, so I went, Robin Thicke was opening for her and I actually wanted to see Robin Thicke, right? I love yeah. his, his stuff, his early stuff. So one of the things that they also do is when Robin was on, I was like, the sound isn't that great, you know? Um, they lower the levels for the opening artists as well. And you're thinking, man, this is a horrible sound system. And then the headliner comes on and that, all of a sudden the system is pristine. Right. So these are this this is kind of these are the steps that, that they take to make sure that the people opening are not looking better than the people closing. Right. And so I've I've, I've witnessed this before. And now it was the most obvious at that Beyonce show. And since then, when opening acts are performing, I don't even I'm less like, yeah, so they're doing it again with the sound. <laughs> it's just. You know, and I've, I've found myself at a number of shows where I really was only going to see the opening act. I had no interest in the, in the headliner. Uh, I've done I've this. I've done that before. <laughs> yeah. And I've left, like, honestly, that Beyonce show, I left 15, 20 minutes into her set. Okay. Yeah, because at the time I wasn't feeling her music. So <laughs> it was too pop for me. So. Yeah. No, it is. Uh, her music is well back then especially was very pop they were looking for those those hits to go you know on the billboard yeah. and win awards and all that good stuff but yeah i didn't i didn't know that it makes sense though 
Like, unfortunately, it's not a good thing that that is happening, but it does make sense. But then also, too, that would turn people off to kind of be an opening act. Um, it could, but at the same time, you know what? Regardless, um, if you got the exposure, you got the exposure. So going on a tour with somebody, even if they're going to do that, you know, you still do your best because you're you're. People are some people are coming to see you. Most are coming to see the headliner. But then you're now introducing yourself and your music to people who may have never heard it. So you can't you can't like uh, you know ignore that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You have to take it because at some point that you know everybody didn't start out as a headlining act. You had to open. No, somebody, I know, right? but if somebody's messing up the sound, like if let's say I went to that concert and that was my first time mm-hmm. hearing of Robin Thicke, I'd have been like. Oh. I'm not going to go home and like Google Robin Thicke and like yeah. see what music he's coming out with. Cause I'm like, he sounds horrible. He did. Okay. But that's the thing is I'm saying he didn't sound horrible. Right. Okay. But the volumes, the levels, you know, so Robin was here. I'm thinking, but I have an ear to being in concerts, you know, and shows and all that. So I can hear, you know, so Robin was here and then Beyonce came on and she was up here and I'm like, okay. ah, okay. Now I see what's going on, you know? Um, so somebody found the volume button, you know, okay. and, and, and tweaked a couple of things and it just, everything just become clearer. It's not that Robin Thicke sounded horrible. It just didn't, the sound wasn't, just wasn't as good as when Beyonce performed. Man, now I wish I could go back to all the concerts <laughs> that I've gone to and just see the difference. Cause I've gone to a lot of like Beyonce concerts. Like mm-hmm. I was happy when she had Luke James open yeah. for her. Because mm-hmm. I was put on to Luke James like very early on. So when we went to the concert, I was like, oh, yes, guys, like pay attention to the opening act because he's really good. Yeah. Now I want to go back and I want to see if there was like any type of change. It, and you know what? It's not everybody that does that, but it is done. Let's okay. just be clear on that. It's not every show that you're going to get that. Right. Mm-hmm. So some artists that are not at the Beyonce level um, also you know, they they know the struggle. And so they're not doing that to the people that they're bringing along on tour with them. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, I guess it depends on who the artist is. Because mm-hmm. I find there are a lot of like petty artists. Woo. So, <laughs> yeah. I could definitely see that happening. But going back to what you were saying um, with pushing our artists um, forward, was that something that always happened uh, with our English artists, like them having the lack of support, lack of funding? Was that always happening? Because I know with politics, it's been it's been a rough ride, but there's been kind of like up and down, but more down, of course, here. Okay. So just to give you sort of how it works, so you, everybody's aware of Factor and Factor Grants and all of that. Yeah. And then here in Quebec, it's... Um, Sodec, I believe it's called. Um, so English artists, they go to Sodec and they say, no, 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 we, we, you have to go to Factor. You go to Factor, Factor says, no, you're in Quebec, you got to go to Sodec. And so they get that bounce back and forth. It's taken a while, and so it depends on the type of music. So reggae artists don't get that same treatment at Factor because they know, you know it's not going to happen in Quebec with the reggae artists with, with Sodec. But mm-hmm. anybody doing you know, R&B, um, you know, pop, whatever, in Quebec, and you go to Sodec, the chances of you getting any kind of funding are slim to none. And so um, it's now, um, Factor has sort of um, recognized this, this, 
and is making a better effort um, to award grants and stuff for um, Quebec artists, but it's still okay. not where it should be. Okay. It really isn't. Wow, I didn't, I didn't realize that because you hear artists saying this stuff publicly. I think it was uh, Belly. He was like on Drink Champs, and he's like, "Oh, you know, in Canada, you know, the government supports the artists. You could get a whole bunch of money to do da 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 da." da. But of course, he's more so in Ontario, so yeah. he has the help of Factor that helped him early on in his career to be yes. able to do all those things. Yeah, you know, uh, Factor has office finally has offices here in Montreal and has okay. reps here in Montreal, um, that which was a couple years before the pandemic. Um, so we'll see how things uh, come about after or uh, going forward. But I know for a lot of the artists that have put out music, um, I don't see many, I can't even recall any of them um, bringing up Factor uh, or, or Sodec as, you know, it's all been self-financed. Mm-hmm. So. No, I have noticed that too, because I see a lot of artists like that I follow and the ones that are in different provinces, they always mention Factor or they receive the grant from some other program that was happening, but the program does not include Quebec. Quebec is, would be yeah. separate. So I did I did notice that. But the thing with Factor, I, I didn't fully grasp that difference there that we have. That is so crazy, which makes it so... To unfair. me, that would be like discouraging. Yeah, it's un it's unfair because uh, Quebec artists have to work so much harder uh, to get you know money to do uh, videos if they don't finance it themselves and to do any kind of PR publicity and and that. So you know, uh, whereas you, you get touring grants, you get all kind of money when you're outside mm -hmm. of Quebec from Factor. You know, mm -hmm. money to produce your CDs, to distribute. To, there's so much available. It makes artists want to leave Montreal or Quebec to go west because they know they'll get the support. Yeah, no, that does happen. But even still, I find too in Ontario, a lot of artists move to the US mm -hmm. um, to make a name for themselves and then come back yeah. to Canada where people are really supporting them more, much more than they did previously. Yeah, uh, it's the backyard syndrome. You don't get recognition in your own backyard until somebody outside actually recognizes you. Uh, we saw that here even in the Francophone community with, back in the day with Cornet. Um, mm. They wouldn't, you know, didn't give him a glance until he went to, over to France, uh, went uh, gold or whatever, his album blew up, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Cornet, Cornet. Yeah, no, let me tell you, everybody yeah. listening, they love them some Cornet. Like, he's like, like up there <laughs> yes yes wow. but he, he had to go to friends and do his thing and make waves before he got any kind of recognition here in montreal which was right. sad to me that sucks because again we have so many amazing artists mm -hmm. like we should be able to know like when they're performing where not just if you follow them on social media, but yeah. you should have it like being spoken about a lot more um, so that we could go out and support them and stream their music or whatever ways that we can do to help them progress. Mm -hmm. um, I'm hoping, I'm always hopeful that there will be some change happening. You know, you have the festi festivals like Pop Montreal that does a lot for our local artists, but again, 
even with Pop Montreal, for instance, not singling them out, but for a lot of the local artists, if they don't post about it, then it's like, oh, I didn't realize, you know, one, I didn't realize Pop Montreal was coming up. Two, I didn't realize you were performing, you know, so it really is, um, there needs to be a better avenue for artists um, from the English um, stream to be able to get the word out that they're about their performances. Um, so for me, what I do with the Recon Groove is I am in contact with all these artists that, and so they will share when they're performing and that so that I'm able to announce it or, or just share it so, on social media so that, you know, in the hopes that they'll get, um, you know, more people coming out. And when you have all these artists contacting you, so like your development with these artists, the relationships that you um, created, is that just through like playing their music, in, uh, interviewing them, all those different things like that? Um, yes and no, because it, it's, it's, I, you know, I don't want it to just be that professional type thing. I'm the radio host, you're the artist. And, you know, uh, for me, the door's always open. I tell them all the time, the door's open. Anytime you have anything, please reach out and, and come and, you know, let them share it with us. The door's open for you. Um, and I, but I also make a point to, I go to the shows. Uh, even when they don't know I'm coming, I just pop in just because I'll buy their music, I'll buy my ticket. I don't always ask for a free ticket. You know, if I get, if they offer me one, hey, I'll take it. But if I am aware of a show and I'm able to make it, I'll go and I'll bring a friend if I can. So I try to develop that um, connection with them to say we're friends, right? And I show my support uh, any chance I can get. Support your friends you know, um, in whatever they're doing, business, uh, and music is, is, is a business, so you need to support them that way as well. Um, so, and and many of the artists are, are aware that um, my taste in music is very eclectic, but if I don't like something, <laughs> I'll play it once, because you send it to me, but the chances of me playing again if I don't like it are very slim. Okay, well, at least you're honest and at least they know that. So there's no kind of like ass kissing or any of that fake stuff going on. Yeah. So, yeah. So, totally unnecessary. And I, I don't like, to, I, I'm not good at playing hypocrite. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, I've had somebody, <laughs> I won't call names, but this, this guy sent me some music and I was just like, dude, I can't play this. It was so bad. Um, I don't know who, like, I, I have to ask myself, did the produce, did not, how did the producer produce this and not say anything to like, didn't they realize how bad his voice was? Um, they probably I, just with the money. I guess, you know, I guess he'd be paying for studio time, but still. And then they, he did a remix and it wasn't any better. And so I, I told him straight up, I'm like, I will not play this. This is, this is a hot mess. Um, just, it's just bad, you know, and that so. That artist still making music today? Like, do you still hear? about this artist or no? They, they uh, I see him, but I don't think he's making music anymore. Okay. Just, because, but this one track, like, you know, the first time he sent it to me, uh, I said no, because it was really bad. And then it's like three years later, he sent me the remix and it was still bad three years later. Wait, the remix of the same song? Of the same song, right? And it, was, it wasn't any better. So I was just like, nah, dude, I, I can't. I can't, this is not working. So, um, 
you know, but and then there's others where uh, I will hear the song and if I like it, I'm very honest and say, yo, I love this track. And so I'll play it as, as often as I can, you know, um, so, but, uh, and then if there's any feedback I have regarding, you know, if sometimes they'll ask me, what do you think? And I'll mm -hmm. tell them what I think, you know, I think this is good or change up something and just to give feedback, you know, or, or if they have an album, I've been asked, what do you think the first single should be? And so I will do that as well and say, you listen to the album and say, I like this one. I think, you know, I'll give them first single, second single, just as a feedback. But I think that's good. And that's important to have somebody as like a soundboard that can give that information mm -hmm. just to have that also that community too, that the artist can, you know, rely on for certain things. I think it's important. Yeah. And I do want to go back to, because you did say that during the pandemic, our artists put out a lot of great music during that time. So could you put us on to some, you know, some artists, some, some albums that you think was like really locally, um, locally. Yeah. Okay. So there's, I feel bad if I, if, <laughs> I'm going to forget somebody, I'm going to feel bad. So, um, okay. So Wayne Tennant put out an album, uh, Curfew Flowers. Mm -hmm. He had quite a few, uh, What Led Me To You was the first single. I love that. Uh, that was followed by Shahara um, Sinclair. She dropped Making of an Angel. Yes. Love that jam too. Then uh, Freddie V and the Foundation uh, dropped their album. Um, and now I'm forgetting the name of the album, but he had uh, My Way was the, the track that I loved on there. It wasn't the first single, but it was uh, one of them, uh, one, one Step. Anyways, he had a bunch, there's a bunch of tracks on there, so love that. Okay. Uh, then uh, Salen, uh, who's a drummer, she put together an album. Uh, she had a bunch of guests on there, including Wayne Tennant, um, Miller Time, a whole bunch of people. So that's, that's a dope album on its own. Um, more funk than it is R&B. And then uh, I got introduced, I heard of Shaw Frank for a mm -hmm. while. And then I actually ended up at a show with her um, to watch a show. I, and I specifically went because I had not seen her perform. I wasn't too familiar with her music. So it, it's one of those things where I, I wanted, I need to go see. Right, so when if they're good on stage, then we're good. So Shaw, she has an EP out and she has a few songs on there. Uh, honestly, she stole the show. She, I won't say who the other artists were on the show, but <laughs> at the end of it, I, I went to her and I said, you should have closed the show. Just her stage presence, everything that uh, she did was great and I loved it. Um, then, uh, I'm gonna see if I can go in order, Mel Pacifico. Uh, who's part of the um, Freddie V and the Foundation. She dropped the track Cloud Nine and she's got a new one coming up. And then uh, artists that I've known for a little bit, uh, Angela Nashed, she dropped the track and there's an album coming up soon, hopefully. Uh, so she dropped the track called Star and I love that one too. So Montreal has a vibe. And then within all of that, there's artists that um, I only discovered just before or you know prior to the pandemic that I didn't even know were Montrealers. So you have uh, Shaylia, who yes. um, when I first heard her music, I had no idea that she was from Montreal, you know? And then when I found out, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you know? um, so she, she's got some music out. She's got a new song coming out. If it hasn't dropped already, a bit of Afrobeat there. And then Callie Technus is another person that I was just like, hey, that's sick. And, um, you know, she did some stuff. Uh, Freddie V was doing um, Give Me the Mic or Give Me the Check uh, podcast. And he was talking with her. And then I'm like, okay, wait a minute. 
she just did a track with Child, and then I'm seeing she's done stuff with Jerome Van Dahl and others. I'm like, she came out of nowhere. To me, she came out of nowhere. Yeah, but no, she's super you know, talented. Yes, and so and this these are the things that make me go, yes, Montreal is on the map, and they're doing things. And then then you have people that are doing. So I'm going to shout out Natasha Marie, an artist that I work with. Uh, so she just dropped a track called Pull Up. She with Lawrence Green in Tokyo Sensei. You know, so that's an, a nice track, and she's got a she's got a, a, a soca track coming up. And those who know me, I'm not a soca person, but I saw her perform this track, and I went, "You need to get this out officially." <laughs> so she's opening for Allison Hines in September 10th, I believe it is. Okay, so that's another artist that you can look out for, and I'm doing some actual production work with her as well. Okay, uh, I think I've exhausted it, and I'm sure I forgot somebody. Yeah, but that's a good list. So everybody that's listening, they could go back and go through that list and hopefully discover new artists if you don't know some of them already and yeah. just support their music. See, Absolutely. like follow them on social media, see when their next performance will be, go out, you know, make it a night out and just, you know, support and enjoy the music. Because like I've been saying, we've ha we have amazing quality music that's coming out from this city. Mm -hmm. um that more people need to to get into and support and i just remembered the last one who i just saw last thursday okay um, with shonda holmes uh shonda and the passengers of course yes don't forget about chanda and the passengers yeah um i you know i went to see her she didn't know i was going and i i saw that she was doing the show and i don't know how many shows she's done and i i've been wanting to go take out take her in a show just never had the opportunity. So I took my lonesome self out and I went and I caught the show and I was like, wow, this definitely was long overdue. And she's got new music coming out in a couple of weeks as well. So we got something to look forward to there. Her and the band are very tight. It's a um, great show. And that's, you know, one of the things that I, I like about a Montreal artist um, is that their showmanship on stage is, it's great they're really, they know how to entertain. So yeah. it's not just that they can sing, but they're very entertaining, um, engaging. And so you don't go to the show and you're not, when you go to the show, you're not bored when you, after leaving, you know, saying, oh, I should have just listened to the CD. It actually <laughs> is a good show, very entertaining. They switch up the music a bit, um, you know, and, and the other piece that I love is that they're not afraid to cover, to do cover songs. Um, and I said that, I've said that to a few artists, some, uh, you know, especially in the reggae field, people that I'm not singing so-and-so. I'm like, listen, everybody does it, right? You need to learn how to blend your music in with stuff that people are familiar with to get them familiar with your music. I went to see Kiana Lede before the, um, the, the uh, pandemic started and she's got her own repertoire. And she covered a, a, a 90s or 80s disco song, uh, R&B disco. And I was with Everton and we both looked at each other and went, she's got a good team because the whole crowd knew the song yeah. and you know participated with it. And I'm like, you don't get this often, you know, but she did it and it worked with what she was doing. It, it, mm -hmm. She transitioned from that into one of her own songs. And I'm like, this is a lesson right here for, for artists who are thinking that they can't cover. It's Canada Day covering somebody else's song. Yeah, and also too, I mean, it gets to show the artists their range as well, you know? Mm -hmm. If sometimes you hear artists are for forced to go a certain way sometimes, so maybe during their live shows, they can showcase, you know, mm -hmm. and their vocal ability 
that we may not get on the album. So I think it's smart to do something like that. Yeah. Well, that, this, clearly she has good management. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So I did also want to talk to you about Brother Love, a.k.a. Diddy, um, because he went and made a statement again that I'm so tired of that R&B is R&B dead. So he brought up that conversation, had all these Instagram lives. So obviously, I think it's just like a, kind of like a lazy way to market his new song and the supposed record label that he's coming out with. Um, but I want to ask you, how do you feel about this conversation once again? He he needs a backhand first. <laughs> right? um, I would ask him to, if he's ever heard of Layla Hathaway, Leela James, Anthony Hamilton, um, Kenyon Dixon, uh, Avery Sunshine, you know, on and on, Alex Isley. Like there's so much people putting out good R&B, right? For you to sit there and say R&B is dead, that's asinine. R&B is far from dead because you know what? If R&B is dead, hip hop is dead too. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, there's such a, a a blending of the two, right? And hip hop artists put doing guests on just about every R&B song out there, right? And then vice versa, uh, R&B artists singing hooks for for hip hop artists. Mm-hmm. So one can't they 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 survive together. And for you to say that it's dead is just you know it's it's a that's a very narrow-minded view and it's probably self-serving as you said right because yeah. as much as i like his track with um bryson tiller mm-hmm. that's borderline hip-hop right so definitely you know, more hip-hop than r&b but it's 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 r&b the thing with r&b for me is you can't you can't pigeonhole it right there's so many styles and and uh, uh, and ways of doing R and B that um, you can't pigeonhole it in a sense to say this alone is R and B. It's impossible, right? Because again, you have the singers, you have the not rappers but singers who come close to rapping, you know, mm-hmm. and so and then the blending, as I said, of hip hop even. The reggae vibes are in there, which I love. Um, you know, there's so much, you know, Eric Roberson, Raheem Devon, like there it just goes on and on. And for, for somebody to really say that, he's living I don't know what rock he's living under, but he needs to get out from under it. I I just felt like his team, which is so weird because he has like really good people working with him. And mm-hmm. for them to come up with such a like old way of marketing something or an old saying or a very like old topic to try and push this thing on and like shock people of saying like is r&b dead or who killed r&b i just thought it was very lazy in my opinion and especially somebody at that height like you think of diddy like everybody you know for the most part like they look out for what he's doing and people support him and stuff like that. So I felt like there was another way to go about it. If you felt like your single wasn't doing too well or that you wanted to promote your, your record label or what have you. So I wasn't, I wasn't for it. And then I was really annoyed because I'm on Twitter a lot. And that conversation was going for like a whole week. I was like, what is going on? And a lot of army artists were offended and annoyed, which they should have been. Well, they should have been, yeah. I, you know, it's it's a typical thing in the States of, um, you know, start a controversy. Um, 
eat negative negative publicity is publicity, right? Mm -hmm. so say something controversial, get people talking, and then if, if the heat gets too strong, take it back, right? Or run yeah. with it as, and run, but otherwise run with it as long as you can. But there, you know, one of the things, uh, in speaking with a number of artists over the, the pandemic, one of the things that they, they talked about was the, really, I thought there was gonna be no music coming out during the pandemic. I was like panicking, like, mm -hmm. you know, then they were like, no, because we're not touring, right? We're actually able to be in studio. And that's why you had so much music come out because it was the longest downtime they've had in forever, right? And in the, in the fact of that, you know, they weren't touring so they could sit down and write and collab. And then, you know, people collabing over from overseas and wherever, not having to travel because technology evolved to a point where they could do these collaborations and never actually be in the same studio at the same time. No, that's true. I think during the pandemic, it was a beautiful time for music. Mm -hmm. I know for me, like, yes, I got to discover new artists and people were putting out music, but then too, with all the DJs that were going um, online, whether it was Instagram at first or Twitch, they got to play whatever they wanted to play. So yeah. they didn't have to play what, they would normally play in the clubs to like appease that audience. Yeah. So I was able to like learn about a lot of the music from like the seventies and the eighties that maybe I didn't necessarily already know. So mm -hmm. I thought it was just a beautiful time for music, especially R and B because that's what I focused on. Cause that's my love, but I thought it was amazing. Absolutely was, um, you know, and, 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 I don't want another pandemic, but I'm loving the flow of music that's coming out, and I hope it stays on that level. Yeah, uh, you know, and there, there's a few people that need to put some stuff out, like Usher, please. You know, I don't know what you're waiting on, but everybody did their thing. Oh my God, there yeah. is this one song. I don't know if you heard it. There was like a snippet of it that was online that he did with Jermaine Dupri. Um, damn, and now I can't remember the name of the song, but it's such a good song. And then like. I would go to like Love Zone, which was Brian Michael Cox, his like Twitch and Instagram like club or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he would play like the full song. And it's such a good song, but I've been waiting for like three years. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, apparently he's extended, Usher has extended his uh, residency in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have to wait. Well, I, I've, been, I've been trying to be patient. <laughs> So maybe we need to take a trip to Las Vegas and speak to him personally. Yeah, so enough. I'm, enough. I'm here for that. I, am <laughs> here for that. I might get kicked out, but I'm here for mm -hmm. that. I got I'll you. Do it. Yeah. Definitely. And another thing I want to get your opinion on, uh, you did mention uh, Beyonce's Renaissance. So that, um, of course, is, you know, house music. But I want to ask because there is no house music category on Billboard. So when you look up like R&B um, albums that have come out in 2022, they name her album as an R&B album. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming too, when it's time for the award season, uh, it may be under that category. How do you feel about them placing albums like that under the R&B category and not even having a house category? Um, I think, okay. I understand the placement because they're looking at her as an R&B artist, mm -hmm. right? So an R&B artist that made um, a house album in a sense, right? And okay. the, the sad thing is there is so much house music out there 
and for there not to be a category is a joke, but I still understand. And um, I can't be mad at them for it. You know, I can't be mad at Beyonce for doing it. She, she, she flipped the script on everybody. Um, mm -hmm. Although I didn't like the whole idea about, oh, Beyonce saved house music. Uh, no, you didn't. Mm -mm. <laughs> there's so much house music out there. Um, as good as her stuff is, there's better. Mm -hmm. right? There's artists we don't know of doing stuff, right? So let's not like, you know, go overboard with it. But um, you know what, give her her props. If, if they want to put it there, let, her put, let them put it there. Otherwise it's going to fall into world music. When they don't know where to put it, they put it into world music and then what? That That right. is true. But may, I'm hoping that maybe this will start a house category. I think that would be good. No? You know no, because you see what happens is in the house music uh, genre, which I'm getting a lot more familiar with, um, there's plenty of singles being dropped, right? But no albums. Okay. Right? So... Um, it's 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 hard to have a you know house music album of the year when there isn't unless it's a compilation album mm -hmm. right there's artists are not putting out full albums of house music so maybe they create it and her and drake will go up against each other yeah. <laughs> i haven't I, I i haven't listened to drake's album yet i listened to two songs and i just said what is this and i turned it off and i never went back yeah like drake but i just wasn't feeling the yeah. direction he was going in this time around. When, it, when that album dropped, there was all this hoopla about it. And then right now you're hearing nothing. Yeah. Which is what I, I suspected. So that's why I wasn't uh, going for it. Another, just speaking of albums that I refuse to listen to, Kanye is another one that I'm not going anywhere near it. No. If chooses to play, go ahead. No, I think Kanye's a lost. Um, he's a... Uh, uh, I can't support him in any main, any way, shape, or form. I think he he needs to, to therapy and medication. But oh, that, he definitely needs therapy, but I'm still I'm still a fan of his music. I'll, I'll play his old stuff. I'll play his old stuff. The most recent stuff, I'm not going anywhere near it. I don't right. even have I just to save myself the headache. I don't even have it on my computer. Not even like the remix gospel stuff that he was putting out. Nope, 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 nope. Well, Kanye, I'm still here with you for now. <laughs> <laughs> for now. Okay, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. We're coming up to almost an hour. So I do want to play some R&B trivia before I let you go. Sure. So I'm going to ask you six questions. We'll see how well you do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm always here giving you. It's a lot of it. I think all of it is multiple choice, which is good. So. Okay. It'll be fine. So, first question. Who is said to have invented New Jack Swing? Is it <laughs> Babyface, Pharrell, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, or Teddy Riley? Teddy Riley, come on. There you go. See? It's not bad. I, I was listening to that stuff, right? I, I'm older than I look, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's classic stuff. So I feel yeah. like anybody that's into R&B or R&B artists definitely need to go back to that whole era because yeah. the music is timeless there. Um, just, oh yeah, question two. Justin Timberlake's album, Justified, was mm -hmm. originally supposed to be for which artist? Was it supposed to be for Usher, Chris Brown, Michael Jackson or Neo? Oh, wow. 
That's a good question. I'm, I'm stuck between two people. Who but are the two people? Who are the two people? Yeah. Um, Neo and, and what was the, give me the first two names. I know there's Chris Brown and there was somebody else you said. Chris Brown, Usher, Michael Jackson. You know what? I'm going to stick with my first thought, Neo. Neo? That is incorrect. Wow. It okay. is Michael Jackson. Really? But Michael Jackson uh, didn't want to do the material from the Justified album because he wanted to have more hip hop beats. So okay. he told Pharrell he wanted songs like Noriega's um, first album. Okay, see, that's where I made the mistake. I was thinking Justified was the one he did with Timberlake, uh, Timberland. Oh, that's okay, no, no, no. Justified was done with, uh, with Pharrell. Pharrell, okay, my bad. It's okay. One for, one. one for two. Yes. Next question. Uh, this male R&B group is known for their classic hits like Where the Party At, Let's Get Married, and Gotta Be. Is it Silk, Drew Hill, Jagged Edge, or 112? Oh, wow. What are the three songs again? Where the Party At, mm -hmm. that was with Nelly. Mm -hmm. Let's Get Married, and Gotta Be. Let's get married is Drew Hill. <laughs> My second choice would be Jagged Edge, but yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> get married. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. So fourth question. Mm -hmm. uh, this singer used to be a 411 operator and paid homage to her old job on her debut album, What's the 411? Uh, is it Maya, Faith Evans, Adina Howard, or Mary J. Blige? Mary! That's a classic. Of course. That is definitely a classic. Okay, next question. This artist is known for the songs Where I Want to Be, mm -hmm. You Know What's Up, featuring Left Eye. Mm -hmm. And the rendition of Knocks Me Off My Feet. Mm -hmm. These songs are by which artist? Is it Carl Thomas, Joe, Donnell Jones, or Genuine? Donnell Jones, where Correct. are And last question. Mm -hmm. so this is a bit of a tough one. Okay. Maybe. 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 The song You Called and Told Me by Jeff Red is from which movie soundtrack? Is it Boomerang, Poetic Justice, Strictly Business, or Juice? I'm trying to think of the song. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on the song. You're drawing a blank on the song. Okay, so that you was called, a good question. You, you Called and Told Me? Is this yeah. Wow. I, I would I'd have to make a total guess. What are the what are the four choices again? Boomerang. Boomerang. Uh, hold on, sorry, I lost it. Poetic justice, strictly business, and juice. For some reason, I'm picturing the poetic justice soundtrack, and I sort I'm gonna go with poetic justice. Okay. So the answer is, <laughs> is strictly business. Strictly business. Okay. I would, yeah, straight up guess on that one. Yeah. It's okay. Don't worry. What I can do, I'll give you a bonus question because that was kind of hard. Yeah. 
So what I will give you is this question here. So this singer started his career in the boy band and tune and later released his debut solo album, Southside, in 2004. Mm. Is it Bobby Valentino, Sammy, Chris Brown, or Lloyd? Lloyd. Love that album. There you go. That album. So we will say that you have one incorrect. One incorrect? Okay. I'll work with that. Out of the six. So that is good. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to speak with me, dropping some gems, teaching me about this crazy thing called the music business especially yep. here in Montreal. So I greatly appreciate this conversation that we had today. So thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Let people know about your radio show, how they can follow you and support you with what you're doing. Well, thank you again, Lorena. Um, appreciate the conversation as well. So Weekend Groove every Friday night from 10 p.m. to midnight. You can listen if you're in Montreal on 90.3 FM or anywhere in Montreal or anywhere else. You can tune in to ckut.ca. You'll see a little link that says uh, Listen Live. So you can catch us there. If you miss a show, you can go to the uh, programming and archives and you can pick up. They have uh, the last three months uh, worth of shows there available for you to listen. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Weekend Groove. I typically tweet everything that we're playing on Twitter. So if you hear a song, you, you just if you're on Twitter, you'll see exactly what the song name is. And, uh, and I do give the rundown as well. So you can follow us there. And again, uh, on Facebook, you can ch check us out at facebook.com slash The Weekend Groove. Perfect. Thank you so much once again, and thank you for everybody that's listening and watching. This is the Total RB Podcast. We are a bi-weekly podcast, so we will be back in two weeks with a new interview.